0: God is good, amen? amen? You're supposed to say all the time. God is good? All the time. All the, in the morning? Amen. In the evening? Amen. How about after you just messed up? All the time. All the time. You know, I was, you know, I, I love watching the baby dedication because I love watching the parents just, you know, looking at the child with promise. And I, I also see the parallel when the Lord looks at us and calls us children, um, not because he's belittling us, uh, but there's a, a beloved word in there that, that the Lord has a deep love. And you see it with parents, with their kids uh, most of the time. And, um, and you see the, the hope of what they have in store for this kid. And they know that this kid has a uniqueness to it, to him or her uh, self. And they want to see that promise fulfilled. And so does God in us. Amen? Amen. Except he's the creator of all things. I was thinking about uh, the songs that we sang this morning. And I'm so glad. I, I've listened to some of the, you know, the Chris McClarney, Chris Tomlin, some of those writers, those authors uh, saying how God has called them into deeper theology. Uh, making sure that their songs are lining up with the scriptures. And I love what, the, you know, nothing can separate even if I ran away. How many think that nothing can separate even if you ran away? Amen. That's kind of new to most people, huh? The Bible says there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God, not any power, nothing in all creation, no height or depth, not even angel, not any power. Um, I think that's a good thing. And then it says your love never fails. Does God love ever fail? No, it doesn't. And it says, you make all things work together for my good. You know, that's those that are called according to God's purpose. It's almost as if Romans 8 is crying out in that scripture. And then we sang that song, your grace is all I need. How many believe his grace is all we need? People will sing that. But then I say, how are you going to grow? Well, if I just, if I just, if I just, can everyone say, his grace is all I need. It's easier to sing, isn't it? Because you're just in that mode, the music comes, you're going, his grace is all I need. But then you ask people, and you just talk to them, they're going, oh no, I need more than that. His grace isn't enough. Well, today we're talking about identity theft. I believe, um, and I believe the scriptures teach that the world has stolen our identity. That who God has made us and how he's wired us, the, the world instead has um, sort of a pattern to it that you've got to kind of fit into some Excel spreadsheet of who you are. But God has a different idea. He's made unique beings, and he's put his spirit in them. And as we come to Christ, we are born again in him. Every one of us is born in Adam, and Adam fell. And how many could he agree here that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? And that's, what the, that's what Romans 3 says. But if you put your faith in Christ, and if you haven't yet, you can right now. If you put your trust in Christ, the Bible says that you are no longer in Adam, but now you are of a different order. You're born in Adam, but you've now been born again in Jesus Christ, of a different seed, of him. He is a royal priesthood line. He is a kingly line. He has an eternal life line. He is connected to the Father. And we are in him. And how many think that Christ, when he died on the cross, paid for all of our sins? Or do you think he just looked at your life and said, I'll pick those 7,384 sins, but these 2,392, you're going to have to take care of that. And how would you multiply, how would you calculate that? When the Bible says so clearly, he took all of our sins upon himself. Isn't this good news? Just turn to someone and say, it's actually really good news. So, I'm going to ask the Lord to just empower us today. Father, I pray that you'd open up your word and let it come to life. Lord, let it be more than just information going by our eyes. Lord, things that we calculate in our brain, try to assimilate. I pray that you would incarnate your spirit's power through the word into our life. That you'd help us to become more than we could be on our own power. And, Lord, teach us to yield to your power, that we can learn self-control, the power of your spirit in our lives. Lord, that we can know you better. Lord, that we can find empowerment. Lord, not just knowing that we're saved, but actually experiencing deliverance and freedom from things in this life. And I pray for your grace upon us to open our eyes and our mind. And, Lord, we, this is such an amazing topic, Lord, and there's so many riches in here. I pray that you'd give people eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit says about it. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say Amen. 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 Well, we have to start. Um, I put up there, "I'm empowered." That's our topic today. But that there is a preface there. You can back up one if you would. Um, just the "I am empowered" there. Um, before you look at that, we have to understand. Before you're empowered, we have to say. Can you say with me? Say, "I am saved." I am saved. And this is the thought of this concept. We have sinned before a holy God. He is righteous. He is perfect in all his ways. He's not going to lower his standards. How many feel an ouch right about now? Okay. He is going to remain who he is. He does not change like the scripture says. Like shifting shadows. He is perfect in all his ways. Everything. And then you look at the cross where God is not only out there, He's not only the God that is um, one that we talk to as a distance, He becomes Christ, the God with us. And this God with us pays the price for our sins and redemption through the power of the cross. And on the cross, He says those words, debt paid in full, or teleo telestoi, which is debt paid, or paid in full. It is finished. It is translated in some, some texts, English texts. Um. Do you believe that that covers our sins? you think Jesus paid for our sins? Then is it enough? And so this is what you have to ask yourself. If this cross, if the Father sent the Son and the Son paid the price, then the Spirit of God, who is in all places at all times, but also can be personal, comes to us because of the debt paid to us. He no longer holds it against us, but now comes to us, and instead of removing himself, dwells in our hearts and stays there through the cross of Christ. Why is he in us? Because of Christ. Because of Christ's work, he can now be in us—a holy God in an unholy person. If I had to be perfect until Christ came in me, when would he come in me? You know, he would—he would have to wait. Oh, you're not quite there yet, Eric. Just. what what, what would he say to me like a few more minutes Eric like I'm really close I mean I I think we have video cameras at my house like real video cameras how many do not want your video cameras if you had a video camera of your whole life shown on this screen right now raise your hand if you do not want it to be shown right now there's some of you right now that are erasing files in your mind (laughs) you know what I mean you got you're erasing them Aren't you glad that the Bible says that he throws our sins as far as the east is to the west? That isn't done just by God's goodness. It's done by God's goodness, which demonstrated an act of mercy, which was the cross. And because of that, we have salvation. And that's why Jesus says in real simple layman's terms, anyone who believes in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we say with that, if your faith is there, you say, I am saved. He doesn't say you might perish if you believe me. He doesn't say, well, we'll see how it goes. Good luck. He doesn't say, I covered all your sins, but then you got to carry it all the way to the end. He says, he who began the work will carry it all the way until the day of Christ or until the day of Telius, telestoi, the same word, to completion. It is finished until it's done. And the Bible says that a twinkling of an eye, when we see him, we shall be changed and we shall be like him. And how many think that's going to be a cool day? Imagine being in the presence of God and imagine no more sin, no more pain, no more deception. The deception you had five minutes ago but didn't realize would be gone in the presence of God. And we are in Christ. Say, I am saved. Can you say, I am forgiven? Are you forgiven for all of your sins? Or are there a few lingering that God says, I got those, but not these. The cross, it's mighty, but it can't handle those. Can everyone say, I am rescued? Can you say, I am reconciled? I am reconciled back to God. I have been reconciled to God. I have been accepted by Him. I am a child of His. I am loved by Him. I am part of His family. I have an inheritance. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, the Bible says. I am seated in Him. Imagine that. Christ is ruling and I am seated in Him. In his power, in his righteousness, I am in him through the work that he did by his own purpose, through his own love, because he wanted to do it. How many think that God is on your side? And if God is for you, who can possibly be against you? Height or depth or angel or demon, any power, anything in all creation? Of course not. To Paul, it's a ludicrous argument. Nothing can separate you. Not any power. Exclamation point. Amen? We have to understand our identity or we're going to try to live in Adam instead of understanding that we need to live in Christ. You can put the slide in now. Can everyone say, I'm empowered? And I want to ask how and why. How? I have Christ in me I have Christ in me you know what he's called the hope of glory Christ in me the hope of glory the glory that one day is mine in Christ I have him in me he's living in me he comes to his disciples and says he says I'm preparing a place for you so that I can come so that you can be where I am and then his death and resurrection and then he says, we are seated with him now in Christ, that we are with him. The scripture, Ephesians 1.13, and you, were also, you also were included, can everyone say with me, in Christ? Can I have more than three people? And you also were included in Christ. in Christ. When you heard, you heard the word of truth, which is the gospel or the good news, the message of your salvation. Having believed... You are marked in him. You are marked, marked. Pssh, you, know, I, you know, people get the tats, and you know, it's like, man, hey, what do you believe in? Hey, man, I believe in that. Well, God believes in this. He marks it. He marks it, you know, and it's like, but he's got a really cool three dimensional, eternal, spiritual human being that he marks. And what does he mark them with? With a seal. A seal of God that says, this is mine. How many say amen? amen? And I'm not talking about an evil slave owner. This is mine, I'll do what I want. God made these wonderful free creatures that he's transforming into his image. Not as an imitator, but image in the uniqueness of who he is. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. The one promised all the way back in the Garden of Genesis. Genesis who is a deposit can everyone say with me guaranteeing he guaranteeing our inheritance this is the mark it's my spirit boom it's in you you've believed sin is no longer counted against you in the same way the spirit of god now comes in you he's going to lead you to all truth you are saved say i am saved i am, I am forgiven. forgiven he lives in me okay he's the deposit he's god's mark where did you go? <laughs> say, He's God's mark in my, in my life. He's the redemption of those who are, and here he says it, God's possession. To, and I love how Paul always finishes this way to the praise of His glory. Thank God. It's like he's so overwhelmed that he's even talking about it. He praises God. Okay, once you turn to number one, let's get to the meat and bones here. I have Christ in me, number one. Can everyone say number one with me? Who is truth and love personified I I was sharing with with a gal some a couple a a gal and a guy uh, Jehovah witnesses that came to my door and and of course I invited them to, to sit and have a chat with them and she was talking to me about truth and she says you know we have to learn truth she was talking about the discovery of truth and what's the truth about the Bible she was trying to get this certain way that she had seen it for me to see it that way and so I went along with her story to to get to where i thought it ended and she figured out that it ended that there too and and when we got to it, I, i told her and i looked her in the eye and i said i think you got truth mixed up and what and i said jesus when he talks about the truth he says i am the truth he doesn't say i'm just pointing you to truth the holy spirit does guide you to truth christ says i am the truth I am the way. He says, I am the life. Colossians says, all things were created by him and through him and for him. Amen? Amen. H- listen, there is, if, you, if the Spirit of God is in you and if the Spirit of God, you put your faith in the cross, the wrath of God against you as a rebel against him has been removed. And the Bible says that the Spirit is now free to be in you. And that means, can you say this? He, one more time, He, of the person, of the Holy Spirit, is in me, is in me, he's in me, and he can be with you and with me, he can give full attention to me and full attention to you, he's not a unidimensional, um, single presence, um, unipresence being, he is God himself, he's not just a force, but he has personality, he grieves, he rejoices, he encourages, he guides, he's just not a triggered force, he is a person. And this is where Jesus asks, he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. Now, some, some translations you might say, the comforter, I'll give you another comforter. The Greek word there is paraklete, or parakletos, which means alongside. Someone who alongside calls, or summons, invites. He's always in you, walking with you, summoning you, calling you, inviting you to the righteous life. Even if you think you know what righteousness is, he still will call you to what is truly righteous. You think you know what love is? He'll show you what love really is. He is in you. And the Bible says he'll be with you how how long? Forever. He doesn't say he's going to leave halfway down the journey because you were too stupid. Does it? He's not going to leave you the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be, can everyone say, in you. How many? Raise your hand if you know this Holy Spirit who's in you. You can only bear witness if this is true. You know the Spirit. He's in you. You sensed him. He is doing something different in you than you would normally understand. And by the way, for those Roman students, the word of paracletos, alongside calling. That's the word kaleo again, that he's calling you. It's the same word we get the word church, ekkletos or klasia, in its plural. Those called out, the church. That's who the church is. This is only, this parakletos counselor is only referred to the Holy Spirit and Jesus who is called the righteous one who speaks to the Father on our defense. It's not like he's going, I need to protect Eric. I need to protect Eric. That's not what he's saying. He's saying the cross itself defends Eric when he blows it. Amen? Amen? When, when I blow it, I look to the cross. Thank you, Lord. But can I tell you, when the Lord sees that I've sinned, he understands the cross. He is already there embracing my redemption as it comes. I'm being redeemed at every moment. Right now, I'm being redeemed. Amen. Amen. i got to write that in the script. That's... I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Amen? Can you say it with me? Number two, I have Christ in me. Number two, who renews my mind. He renews my mind. He changes my mind. I need to be changed. Now, there's two words in there that you're going to see. Sisca matizo, which which means it's, it's being conformed. It's like a mold or pattern. The world and our flesh want to be, mold us to a certain way of being. But God, internally, metamorpho, changes us. He does a transformation to us on the inside. So the world is trying to put a mold to try to limit what we can do and be. And the God is actually changing us on the inside. Now, I put there the definitions so that you can see them. So you can see the word pass dot, which means passive. Both of these are in the passive tense. In other words, when it says don't be conformed, it's not saying you do it. It's saying in a passive sense, don't let it happen. How? Through God's work. How? By being transformed, again, passively, by God's power. Be transformed. So you're not going, I'm going to transform myself. You are being transformed. How many say amen? Amen. And by the way, if you were going to change yourself and metamorphose yourself, what do you think that's going to look like? (laughs) Ugly. Amen, Carmen. You're right there at the right time. Met- How many want God to metamorpho us? not that a cool word? Metamorpho. Do, 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 do. Metamorpho. I don't know. It just works. <laughs> I-, I want you to see, it's almost, it's the, the description metamorpho means a new body plan. When, when you look at the different types of things that have been created, there are different types of body plans. You know, there are skeletal backbone life. There are soft body tissued organisms. There are different organisms with different kinds of body plans. God is making a new spiritual body plan for you to transform you from who you were to who he's making you in his image. How many say amen? amen. He renews my mind. Okay, can you say I have Christ in me? Number three, who guides me to God's will. This is not like a little tour guide, okay? The paraclete, comforter, counselor, leader, changer is not just going, hey, I was wondering if you could go over there. And you go, well, let me pray about it, and think about it. This is not the kind of guidance we're talking about. This is not rooted in this word. The guidance right there is the lead, guide, explain, instruct toward the cause of salvation, This is the concept. He's not, you'll see, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you, can everyone say, into all truth. Okay? He will not speak on his own. In other words, the spirit doesn't have any other agenda. He's not, the Holy Spirit doesn't come and say, hey, check out all creation. I was wondering if I can maybe check out the butterflies I made at creation. No. This, he tells what he hears from the Father concerning you. He is there for your benefit. What he sees, what he hears, he conveys to you. He also, in another part of the text, he reminds you of the text. All the things that Christ said, he reminds you to guide you. He will do, if you go in the wrong direction, you start wandering, he will discipline you. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, it says in the Old Testament, the high priest, it says when the people would go astray or wander from their faith, it says that the the high priest would have to offer another sacrifice. And Hebrews makes it really clear, but with Christ, we don't need another sacrifice. His sacrifice was paid once for all. Amen? Amen. And this is very good news. And it says, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the Holy Spirit comes and sometimes, and I'm going to talk about this in, in a few we need to learn how to keep in step with this spirit. And I'm going to talk about that in more detail. But he's going to encourage us, teach us. He's going to lead us, show us. If we go too far, he's going to discipline us. You know, we just had this wonderful baby dedication. Do you think this kid is going to be obedient all the time? You know, the, the kid's, you know, going to grab something he shouldn't do. And the parents go, I don't want you to grab it. Let's say he's five or six or seven. And you're not going to go, giddy. you don't do what I tell you. What a good lesson you've learned. Don't listen to those that know more. How many know this would be a poor parent? And how many know that God does not make that mistake? But on one side, some people think God is always saying, no, no, don't do that. No, I don't want you to smoke weed. No, I don't want you to drink beer. No, I don't want you to do this. No, how many know that God is saying yes a lot more than he's saying no? It's just that you are so, sometimes we're so focused with the what we can't do, we start to forget that God has a thousand doors open of what we can do and be, and he's got blessing upon blessing if we'll just take one step in that direction, we'll be blown away by all that God has. Same with this parent who's trying to work with this kid to say, let me guide you, let me lead you, don't don't go in that way. Sometimes this kid experiences pain, either artificially or naturally, and it goes, oh, that's not good. And the parent's going, it's not good. You don't, I told you not to climb on that. You weren't ready for it. You fell. That's not good. The parent doesn't abandon the child. And it's even deeper with God. It's a spiritual connection. You're not just connected by a loving relationship and a birthing experience and a bloodline. You're connected through the cross of Christ. The almighty God has secured you on behalf of, of the divinity. How many think this is very good news? Okay. So, let's go to number four. Can everyone say, I have Christ in me? Whose power overcomes my weakness. Now, he has overcome. Amen? And so we will too. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. If you have King James... It'll say tribulation. It's the word tribulation you see in the book of Revelation. You're going to have trouble in this world. Tribulation. And sometimes God heals, boom, instantly, doesn't he? Don't you love those moments? You lay hands on somebody and they're just healed. And there's other times when you have to walk things out. Sometimes someone, you lay hands on them and you pray for them and they see the love of God. They can't believe it. The love of God's real. And they go, wow. Other times... They have to start experiencing love on a real longevity basis. And they start to go, wow, this is real love. You know, I've been walking with with Christ now for many years, almost three decades. And, And I just think about how I know that God's love is real and what a blessing it is. But I didn't get it the first week. I experienced the love of God the very first day. But I've learned the deep love of God over a lifetime. That God's love never fails. Those of you who have been walking with God for a long time, say amen. Amen. Isn't that true? God's shown you his faithfulness all those times. Listen, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. This is literally, hey, be courageous. Take some courage. Cheer up. Look up. Don't look down at your situation. Look up. I've got this. I've overcome the world. Is there anything that God hasn't overcome? No, he's overcome. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. His power overcomes my weakness. 2 Corinthians twelve nine. most of you know this. With God's speaking to Paul. Paul's getting attacked by some demonic forces. And, and he's getting, God, I'm, I'm tired of this worn out. And he says, hey, my grace, where, where you're at right now, is sufficient for you. My power is going to be made perfect. It's made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Sometimes the Spirit makes us wait, doesn't he? You know, sometimes you're going to tell your kid, I want you to sit down in this chair and I want you to think about it for a while. That kid's gone about 10 seconds. He goes, I'm done now. Mom. No, you're going to sit there for 10 minutes. And if you've been a parent, and how many of you have been a parent and have given your kid like a 10-minute timeout? Doesn't it seem like the longest time? You know, that the kid's just sitting there going... And, 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 and you're thinking about it the whole time, but when you walk by them, you pretend like you're not even thinking about it. Then you're talking to your spouse... Then you walk by. <laughs> you know, you get to that eight minute mark, and the kid's going, Dad? <laughs> then he rethinks it, Mom? <laughs> and then you go over and go, Man, I told you it was 10 minutes, and I told you I'd tell you when. But you didn't wait. So you're going to wait another 10 minutes. How many know sometimes you got to teach kids the real lesson and it takes a little longer and it takes a little more diligent but then when a kid gets it he gets it the kid's being a fool with his money or you're being a fool with your money how many know that God's going to be a good dad and he's going to train you and you're going to go where's my money and God's going it's over there <laughs> where I hid it <laughs> but it used to be my bank account not anymore And then you read the Proverbs, and says, the fool, and then you put your name there, right? You put a little imprint of your face. How many have seen your face in the book of Proverbs before, right? But I want you to see this because the Spirit of God, who is the person who loves you more than anything, he lives in you through the cross of Christ. He lives in you. He'll never leave because he's not there based on your goodness and your works, He's there based on Christ's goodness and works. Romans 8.26 says it this way. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. And how does he does it? He does it with groans and sighs that words can't express. Have you ever had where life has brought you down in such a way that all you got left if you really thought about it, was just a big groan. Like, oh, oh. I have been in this place many times throughout my life. And the Spirit will groan through you to say, I'll get you there. I'll help you in your weakness. Amen? Amen. The, the high priest, I said, of the Old Testament, when the, when the children would walk, go astray you know, or they'd wander away, which some people in the New Testament say people just lose their faith. That's not what it's saying. They're going astray. The Bible says in the Old Testament that they would offer more sacrifices like I explained before. But Christ has already paid for these sacrifices. He'll do whatever it takes because he loves you and he will not fail. He will succeed because he is not coming here to try to save you. If you've put your faith in him, through his power, he will save you. That's what he came for. Let's start where we started two weeks ago. Ira finished nicely yesterday talking about that we're children of God, that we're inheritors. And I mentioned the prodigal, father, prodigal son's father, who doesn't abandon him. He's living in prostitution and squalor, he's totally given himself over to what the world would call debauchery. Okay? And, and through, through his pain, through whatever reason, he's given himself over to this. And the minute he half repents, and it wasn't even a full repentance, he's just looking for some kind of restoration, runs. I told you, I gave you the picture that the father is running toward him. That is stunning. That's a stunning picture that Jesus Christ is explaining to the Pharisee leaders and his disciples. He's going, let me tell you about Two sons. And then he explains that the one son is all ticked off because this loser son in his mind is getting everything. And what we miss in the story sometime is both sons are, are sinners and need, need restoration. How many say amen? But this is Paul talking about it. Say it with me, for it is. Can you say, by grace"? By, by grace? Can you say, we've been saved? We've been saved. Can everyone say, through faith"? through faith? And can everyone say, and this? It's not of ourselves. It's not of ourselves. It's not from yourself. What is it? It's a gift of God. Well, isn't that awesome? Imagine, imagine if the Lord came out here and he just gave you, here's the gift. But he didn't do it just by handing you something. He did it by sending his son and paying for your sins and depositing the spirit within you and redeeming you all the way through eternity. You're going to live forever with God. It is the gift of God can everyone say it's not by works for a real simple thing so that no one can boast let me say it a different one way so that no one can boast so that no one can boast so that no one can boast who's going to boast and then he says this beautiful thing, we are God's workmanship, we are what he is creating. We've been born in Adam, but now we've been born again, recreated like a larvae becoming a butterfly, metamorphosized to something new, metamorpho, metamorphosis, a, 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 a totally different kinds of body plans and organisms like the larva who becomes liquid again and then reconstitutes its cellular structure and then becomes something utterly different. He doesn't go back to be in the larva again. And again that's a physical thing that butterfly is going to die, but in the spiritual world we will not die, but we will be with the Lord forever. We are created, can everyone say in Christ Jesus? to do good works. God made us for good things, for good action. And how did he do it? He prepared those things in advance for us to do. In other words, in God's minds, he's already wired you. In, in, In the genetic structure, most people are familiar with genes or the DNA. There are these things called nucleotide bases that go along that double helix spine that some of you have seen. There's these, there's these bases, these letters, there are four letters that go all along and they make up a written language or numbers like in a machine code. Those of you software programmers might be familiar with machine code, it writes right to the hardware. Those letters, there's nothing that we know of that has ordered those letters in such a way to write the kind of instructions that it makes. But based on those that are hardwired, they p- attract amino acids And amino acids, when they're formed together, make proteins, which are the toolboxes in our our bodies. And it not only makes these proteins that give us life, but it also, the sequence of those letters uh, all along the spine, those nucleotide bases, they determine the fold of the protein. And the fold, as the protein is going through the ribosome and it's getting processed, it, it, it gets folded into a certain shape And based on its shape, it functions in a certain way. How cool is that? How cool is it that God puts a spirit in you and he's saying, hey, don't be conformed by what the world wants you to be. Just just don't let that happen. Let me transform you. And I'm putting it in question form. God's not really asking. Amen? Amen? You know, doesn't God want us to love us by free choice? I I remember God saying, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and strength. I mean, if you want to. He doesn't say that, does he? He commands it because you know what he's already doing? Loving you with his heart and mind and soul and strength. Did you know that? He is loving you. Just turn to someone and say, you're being loved by God right now. I want you to see this is a gift of God. We're almost done. Everyone say amen. amen. You don't have to say it that enthusiastically. <laughs> Ushers, remove the loudest ones. Just kidding. totally kidding. <laughs> it's really sad when you crack yourself up. Right? But you've got to think it's funny, otherwise, you wouldn't laugh. Okay? Put a, the wages of sin is what? Death. And we've all seen it, we've all experienced we've all experienced that death. But. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So, so it is the gift of God by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And the gift of God is eternal life. It says, And, and the, the Jews who were believers in Acts 10.45, they were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit, the, the gift that Jesus promised, the gift that the, promise, the Father promised way back when, that he would come and bring redemption through the work of Christ had been poured out even amongst the Gentiles. Can everyone just say gift of God? God. Gift of God. And, and put on, skip one more slide and then go to the next one. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power. Can everyone say through his spirit? His spirit. He is living in you. Paul is saying, I pray that he'll strengthen you. That's my prayer. That's the prayer that you should be praying. The Holy Spirit in my inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts, can everyone say, through faith. faith. Through faith. And I want to give a picture of people who had crisis of faith. I'll give you an example of Peter here. He goes, Jesus comes to him and says, Simon, Simon, Satan has you, wants to sift you like wheat. Isn't that, he goes, it's like Jesus is looking... And he's looking at Peter, and he sees Satan in the spiritual world wanting to take down Peter. And he just goes, hey, Peter, I just wanted you to know that Satan wanted to take you down. But I have prayed for you. Now, this is before the cross. How many know that the cross represents God's constant intercession for us? Okay. And he says, but I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Then he says this. Can everyone say, and when? Amen. And when you have turned back? Does he know he's going to turn back? Yeah, he does. He says, strengthen somebody else. Strengthen your bros, Peter. Right? All right. Can everyone say, I have Christ in me? Who is greater than anything? Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a word here, myzon which is a word that is a compound word that comes from the root metas, okay? Can everyone say meta? Meta. Meta. This is greater, louder, you know, um, more increase. This is what he's saying here. You dear children are from God. I am from God, amen? Amen. And have overcome them. And I just translated the enemies because he's talking about these Um, these spiritual enemies. Because the one who is in you, can everyone say, is greater. Maizan, he is greater, he's larger, he's older, he's louder, he's more intense. That's right out of the Strong's. This is the meaning of this. Maizan, he is bigger, he is greater than anything that's in the world. Including your heart. God is greater. Whatever situation, the one who is living within you, The counselor, the comforter, the couranger, the guider, he is in you. And I just put this picture because, put the next one on, I was thinking of that movie with Megatron, right? Because that's mega, that's the big Megatron that we have in the world. And 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 this is the definition for that Megatron, denoting a subatomic particle. Uh, positron. So, the smallest particle that we know of right there above the quanta is the positron. A particular accelerator, the speed of it, the, the cyclotron, the, the um, ignitron within a vacuum tube that's basically stabilized um, the conditions. This matter, the best thing that the world can come up with, with a super being, one of its best things. Is the biggest imagination is a glorified piece of matter, physical property, trying to get to the smallest thing we can think of and saying it's totally controlled, you know, you know, by, by, you know, and shapes its organism to it. But can I tell you about the mega god? How many want to hear about the mega god who is greater, who is in you? Okay, this god is the maker of all things, the father. It says in Jeremiah, he is the maker of all things. In fact, Jesus says it this way. All things are possible with God who lives in me. Through him, Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing is made that has been made. He is the maker of all things. Jesus is the maker of all things. But this counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, the Son, will teach you. Can everyone say all things? Is he going to lead me? Is he going to guide me? Is he going to empower me? And this is where we finish it up. If we live by the Spirit, we have the Spirit who lives in us. Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. This word, stoikio, means marching along. If you're trying to get the cadence and it's your first time, let's say, in a marching band or military, you know, the the guy who knows what he's doing is marching along. And and this word starchio is to say, to get in step with him, to, to match his footsteps, understand his rhythm. The Holy Spirit has loving affection toward the Father. How many say amen? Does he already? So just raise your hand for a moment and be in step with the Spirit. Just raise your hand, say, I'm in step with the Spirit. Say, I love God. God. The Holy Spirit already did. Okay, go ahead and put your hand down. When I'm walking in disobedience, is the Holy Spirit also in disobedience? No, he is in obedience, but I see his step where the Lord says, Don't think this way, watch my thinking. Can everyone say, Keep in step? And I changed, I said, Lord, I go to your thinking where you already are. We are being molded and shaped by the Lord who is great. This is the close. Well, where is Ira? Come on up. The Bible says in this last close, God gave me a spirit. Fan into flame. Can everyone say the gift of God? He's in you. The thing that makes that fire grow is that oxygen that it's going to connect with. It's looking for it. It's looking to devour it. I'm telling you the oxygen already exists. It's already there. The fanning into flame is stoking its fire. God says this, I didn't give you a spirit of timidity. This is one, I I put it right there, that lacks courage or confidence is easily frightened. When the Lord is bringing us to healing and deliverance, You can recognize it's not the Lord if you're seeing fear. If you're seeing the, man, I'm I'm afraid to take the step. I'm discouraged. The courage is is diminishing. But he says, this is a spirit, say it with me, of power. Can everyone say it's of love? It's not just power. Look at that powerful guy. No, it's powerful and it's of love. And it's of self-discipline. This is what this spirit that we're keeping in step, who is living in us, is leading us to. How many want to be empowered? Why don't you close your eyes? I'm going to give you a chance to respond to this. Father, I thank you that, like I said before, he who began a good and work in you, which is the spirit, the promise, the eternal life in us. Lord, he'll carry it unto completion until, until it's finished. Oh. Tell us, there, right there until the day of completion, until the day of Christ. Maybe you've had your hope in yourself and you've been trying almost as a picture of you see the Holy Spirit and you feel like it's your duty to try to be everything He is. And I tell you, it's the Lord that's prompting you. It's the Lord that's guiding you. It's it's He that's inviting you and summoning you and calling you toward it. And just say, Lord, I need to put my hope in you. Just say it to the Lord. I need to put my hope in you. You're the God who cares about me. And then you want to make that declaration and say, Lord, teach me to keep in step with your spirit. Lord, when you're thinking holy thoughts, give me those holy thoughts. Lord, when my heart has conviction by you, Lord, show me what it's about. That I would look inside my own heart. And see where I'm off. That you would lead me in the way everlasting. And let me remind you. And I just I can't say this strongly enough. Because it's so true. Is the God that's working in you is for you. He is for you. Paraclete. Para. Alongside. With. It means with. With you. He's working with you. He's right there all the time. He will not leave because he's there because of Christ. And would you just invite him and say, Lord, be king over my life. Be savior over my life. And Lord, Father God, I thank you. And Ira's going to share a next step that you can take once you've received the Lord to say, Lord, I want you to do this work, you want to take that next step that says, Lord, I want to begin walking. I want to begin learning what your word says. God has given the body of Christ in this. Teachers, leaders, elders, different kinds of things, not to lord over you. Everyone has experienced that in some negative way. They're there, people are there in the life of a church, just like they are in a family. But they're there intentionally to build you up to encourage you. That's what the authority is there for. It's not to tear you down. Paul's so clear about this. It's to build you up. It's to be a servant to you. That's how you know you're dealing with a godly leader. And we want to just encourage you just to open your heart to the Lord. And just, and why don't you just say that? Just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your spirit in me that you're never going to leave. You're never going to forsake me.